Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with Pastor Jacob Lopez in the message he's entitled, Stewarding Revival. Enjoy this message. Thank you, guys. Can we give Jesus a hand of praise, please? Thank you. You guys can be seated. I'm excited to be here tonight. Are you guys excited? Are you guys ready to receive from the Lord? I'm excited. It's been a while since I've actually preached a full sermon. And so I'm excited that, that I get to do this. But before I, I go anywhere with this, I want to obviously honor the pastors. I want to honor my parents, uh, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. Um, yeah, for allowing me to be up here. Uh, I, I don't take it lightly. Um, this is a very uh, big stage to be on. And so again, I honor my pastors. Not only are they my parents... Um, but they are my pastors, and I do honor them. And lastly, I want to honor my beautiful wife right there, Linda. Yeah, she looks good all the time. And so I'm excited. I, I want to get right into it. I titled my message, Stewarding Revival. And, and as I read the definition, I, I, I like to read the definitions of what I'm talking about. Revival says this. It's the state of being revived a renewed attention to. You see, I look at our church and, and, I, and I see everything that's going on, right? People are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting set free. And let me tell you, this doesn't happen everywhere. This, what we're in right now doesn't happen at every church. What we're experiencing, the move of God that we're experiencing doesn't happen everywhere. And I think right now our church is in the start of revival. Not only do I think our church is, but I think the world is at a start of revival. And I think the youth, the youth are ready to go. Me and my wife just became youth pastors and we couldn't be more excited. It's, it's different, very different, but it's fun. We love it. And because I became a youth, a youth pastor, I had to get Instagram. Okay. So I, I had to get it. Now, you're saying, well, you should have had it already. Well, I had it, but I, I, I was off of it for two and a half years. Now, some of you are like, man, I can't do that. You should try it. You should get, get free from that. Um, but I, I was off of it for two and a half years, and I got it back. But the reason why I got off was I, I just didn't want to see everyone's opinions, right? I didn't, I didn't want to see everyone get offended. I didn't want to see all these political views and all these things that are going on in the world. So... I was off of it, and I, and I got it back. Let me tell you, the very first thing that I seen when I got it back is the very reason why I got, I got off of it. People sharing their opinions, people being mad at this person, all these different things, and I seen something about Afghanistan. And as I read it, I started to see Christians being killed and people being persecuted. And I'll be honest with you, I got I, got, I started complaining a little bit. I started thinking, man, this is why I got Instagram. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, I yeah, know, it's okay. And believe me, I got convicted. I got convicted, and so I started to pray. I started to pray for Afghanistan. I started to pray for the Christians in Afghanistan. And the Lord reminded me of a scripture in, in Acts chapter 7. And it reminded me about a man named Stephen. And he put this point in my mind, and he said, revival starts with persecution. 
I, I want to pray before we go any further. Can you guys pray with me? So, Father, tonight, Lord, we honor you, Jesus. Father, we pray, God, that your presence would be established tonight, God. Lord, I pray that every word that I speak, God, that they would hear your voice and not mine. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would open up our eyes, open up our hearts, Lord, to receive a word that you want us to receive. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing tonight and, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was reminded of, of that scripture in Acts chapter 7. And Stephen, if you guys don't know, he's, he's a follower of Christ. He's, he's one of the leaders in the church, and he's a great teacher. He's a great speaker. And, and, and a, a lot of the Jewish leaders just didn't like him. And I was talking to Pastor Rob, and we were having a conversation of, of why people didn't like Stephen. And, and, and we kind of, we're kind of talking, and we realized that the religious leaders, the Pharisees, couldn't stand him because they seen how aligned with God he was. And every time it, he spoke, it exposed them on how far they were from God. You see, that's some of you. Some of you are so aligned with God that there's people around you that just can't stand to be with you because you, you expose how far away from God you are. I'm not going to get into that. That's just a little, a little side note for you guys. So they despise Stephen so much that they falsely accused. They started, they started some rumors of Stephen saying he's talking against the church, that he's talking against God, he's talking against the law of Moses. And, and I want to read this to you in Acts chapter 7, verse 54 and 58. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed him, dragged him out of the sea and began, uh, out of the city and began to stone him. I want to look at verse 57. It says, at this, they cover their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. You see, I believe the time we live in, there are going to be people who can't stand to hear the gospel. There are going to be people who are going to do whatever it takes to not hear what you have to say. There are going to be people who can't stand to hear the truth. They can't stand to hear that without Jesus, that that they have nothing. Without Jesus, they can't get into heaven, and they don't want to hear the truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, it says, For the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. You see, the fortunate thing right now is at the place we live in, right, the United States of America, we're not going to get killed for preaching the gospel. Okay, that's the reality. Right now, just right now, we're not going to be persecuted like that. But let me tell you, they're going to do whatever it takes to silence us. They're going to do whatever it takes to silence what you have to say right now. I mean, everything on social media is censored. You can't even pray uh, for people who have COVID, because technically it's not a form of healing. But I, I'm here to say we still believe in a God who heals, and we're going to believe anyone who has COVID is going to get healed in Jesus' name. They're trying to silence the truth. You see, we can't proclaim the truth anymore because people get offended. 
They look at us like they, like, like we hate them because we're telling them that they're living in sin. Let me tell you, the world will always want you to align with them. But let me tell you, when you start to get them to align with God, they start to persecute you. Even to the point of death. You see, when they heard Stephen talking like this, when they, when he was exposing their sins, when he was exposing how distant from God they were, they hated it. And it said they dragged him out to the city and began to stone him. They couldn't handle to hear the truth. They, they couldn't handle to hear that they were living wrong, so they persecuted him. But not only did they persecute Stephen, but let me tell you, they started to persecute the church. It says that they went door to door looking for Christians. And if they found them, it says that they would drag every mother, woman, uh, every mother, men, child out into the city and they would imprison them or persecute them. But let me tell you what happens after Stephen gets murdered. It says in Acts chapter 8, verse 4 and 7, it says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listening intently to Philip because they were eager to hear the message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. You see, just because there's persecution taking place does not mean the mission stops. Just because there, there's persecution in the land doesn't mean we need to stop pursuing God's call. You see, the believers, although they were scattered after uh, Stephen died, they went, they went to different cities, but it says everywhere they went, they preached the good news about Jesus. Everywhere they went, they healed people, they saved people because they understood that the mission didn't stop. See, I believe too many of us are giving up too soon. Too many of us at the, at, the, at the face of some sort of persecution, that's it, I'm giving up now. I can't go to church, COVID's here. They're telling me I can't go to church, so I, I, that's it, I'm not gonna serve God anymore. And we give up so easily. I read something, I, I think John posted, a lot of people posted it, and it's about this article about Christians who are in Afghanistan. And I want to read a little, uh, a little something for you guys right now. It says, they have received reports of Afghan Christians who are choosing to stay and share the gospel. They say, we don't care. We're here because we love this nation. We love our people. And we're going to share the gospel regardless, even if it means losing our lives. Just because persecution is taking place, does not mean the mission stops. See, I'm here to encourage you that sometimes God will use revival because of persecution. Sometimes God will turn persecution into something good. I'm not, I'm not saying that God causes persecution. What I'm saying is he's gonna use something that is evil to push the kingdom forward. You see, let me tell you, the kingdom does not stop whether we're persecuted whether they try to shut down the churches, whether they try to shut us down, the mission continues. Let me tell you though, revival starts with persecution. 
It was after Stephen got martyred that the church started to see revival. It was after he got martyred that the Christians scattered the world and spread the gospel. And I started to think about that. I don't know if the church would have experienced a revival that they did if Stephen wasn't persecuted. Who knows what would have happened if he would have kept his mouth shut? Who knows what would have happened if he would, if he would give in to the religious leaders? If he would silence himself and not say anything because they're telling them, you can't say anything. You see, not only did a lot of the believers get sent out, but there was a man by the name of Saul who was in that group. Now, I don't know if you know, but Saul, obviously God changed his name to Paul. And Paul, other than Jesus, had one of the most impactful uh, things on Christianity. He changed Christianity like no other other than Jesus. I don't know what would have happened if Stephen didn't get persecuted. You see, I believe the things that are going on in this world, the persecution of the church, is the start of something new. I believe God is stirring up a revival that we're getting ready to see. But it starts with persecution. You see, revival, and I love the way my dad says it, revival is like a wave. If you've ever been surfing, I never tried it. But if you've ever been surfing, you have to catch a wave. And if you miss that wave, you got to wait for another one to come in. That's kind of like what revival is. It comes and it goes. But let me tell you, if you're trying to catch that wave and you're not in the water, you're going to miss it. Let me tell you, if you're not all in for Christ, if you're not sold out for Christ, when that revival comes, when that wave comes and you're not in, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the blessing. You're going to miss the revival that God wants to bring. But I don't know about you. I want to be in the water when he comes. I want to be all in for Christ when he brings that revival. See, I believe that when, when God brings revival, that we need to steward it right. See, there's three things I want to talk to you about. It's about stewarding revival. It's about maintaining the revival when God brings it. Number one is this. We cannot become numb to the things of God. You see, the moment we become numb to the things of God is the moment God will no longer be able to sustain you. You see, I've seen, I've seen so many Christians leave our church. I've seen so many Christians leave the faith because they wanted something that Jesus couldn't offer anymore. They wanted something more. They went out searching for something to fulfill them, searching for something to satisfy their every need, and Jesus was no longer the reason why they were living anymore. You see, I believe some of us have become numb to the things of God. You see, you want to know how you, you're becoming numb? Is you begin to compromise. The things that you used to do are starting to creep in your life again. The people that you used to talk to are slowly inching into your life again. The places that you used to go is no longer a hesitation not to go there. We start to compromise a little bit. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says... 
Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Man, I love that scripture. It's one of, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. But let me tell you, when, we, when you become numb to the things of God, the blessings that God re- gives you are no longer enough. The blessings that God has given you, God freed you from addiction. God freed you from sin. God saved your life. You're on your way to hell. Yeah, he saved your life, but it's, I need something more now, God. God, I know you blessed me with a job. I know you gave me this beautiful wife. I know you're going to give me a family, but, but God, I need something a little bit more. And the blessings that God had for you no longer sustained you because you, were, you became numb to the things of God. You see, I'm reminded of the scripture of, uh, of Joshua and Caleb. Of the, of the Israelites, how they, were, they became so numb to the things of God that they started to say, God, I, this, this is bad where we're at. I'd rather go back to Egypt where I was a slave because this isn't what I want. We had it better when we were slaves, when we were barely eating, when we were barely drinking anything because they became numb to the things of God. And you know what? Because they were numb, they didn't get to see the promised land. They didn't get to go in to the promise, to the blessing that God had for them. You see, when you become so numb to the things of God, you not only rob yourself of a blessing, you rob a whole generation. You see, how many blessings have we missed because we became numb to the things of God? How many generations have we robbed of because we decided to become numb? I don't know about you, but I want to be able to steward the revival that God brings. I want to be able to maintain and fulfill the call that God has for me. You see, God will bless those who are continually grateful. We read in the scriptures, those who don't give up of doing good will reap a harvest of blessing. That's for every one of you. But we have to be grateful. We have to keep going. You see, we know that revival starts with persecution. And the way we steward revival is we can't become numb to the things of God. And two is this, we have to live a life of repentance. You see, we've all heard that revival reveals things in our lives, right? But not only does it reveal things in our lives, it calls us to repentance. You see, we look at Saul after he was martyred. And after Stephen was martyred, he, Saul went to, the, to Damascus. He was on his way to Damascus. And we all know this story, right, that Jesus knocks him down. And I want to read that for you guys. In Acts chapter 9, verse 3 and 6, it says, this is, this is Saul. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice and said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus. Who are you persecuting? Who you are persecuting? He replied, now get up and go into the city. And you will be told all what you must do. I want to jump down to verse 17. It says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Immediately something like scales fell, fell from Saul's eyes, and he can see again. He got up and was baptized and, and taking some food. He regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, Saul was on his way to persecute Christians. But Jesus revealed his sin. You see, when revival hits, your sins are going to be revealed. But not only when they're revealed, do you just get to sit there. Repentance needs to happen. You see, it doesn't necessarily say that Saul repented of his sins. It doesn't say that he said, Lord, I'm sorry for doing this. But let me tell you, his life showed true repentance. You see, to repent is to do this, is to do a 180-degree angle, meaning you're headed this direction, and you got to go this way. You see, some of us are doing this, but then we're going right back around. We're saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm never going to do it again. And we end up going this way, but then we go the other way again. And it becomes this cycle over and over again. In Titus chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Some of us need to stop repenting and doing the same things over and over again and just allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. It says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins. It's time for us to start proving by the way we live that we mean it. We heard last Sunday when Elijah was telling Israelites, if you're going to serve Baal, serve Baal. But if you're going to serve God, serve him. Some of us need to make that decision that if I'm going to serve God, I'm going to do it with all that I have. I'm not going to keep repenting and doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not going to do a 360 anymore, God. I'm going to do a 100-degree angle. I'm going to turn away from my sin. You see, living a life of repentance is living with the fear of the Lord and being encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It's constantly asking the Holy Spirit to mold you and to help you and to, and to align yourself with God, in Psalms chapter 139, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends you and leads me along in the path of everlasting life. We cannot become numb to the things of God. We have to continually live a life of repentance. And lastly, is we have to honor his presence. You see, revival is established on the presence of God. You see, without the presence of God, we're nothing. Without the presence of God, we're doing this for nothing. We're doing this for ourselves without the presence of God. You see, the reason why people get saved, the reason why lives are changed, the reason why people get healed is because we honor the presence of God. We're intentional about honoring him. We're intentional about what he's going to do. You see, we give up the room. We make room for God. Have you ever been invited somewhere 
And they invite you over, hey, be, at, be there at this time. And you show up at the same exact, you show up at the time they tell you to, and they're not ready for you. And they're over here trying to like throw away stuff, you know, trying to clean up the house and they're not ready for you. You see, I remember me and, uh, I, I, I told him I was going to share this, but me and Renee went to visit a friend in Texas and we went to go help him with the stage, right? We went to go build the stage and I can tell you who it is. Okay. I'm not going to say it, but we went to go build the stage and me and Renee put in some work. Okay. We were working like, I think we worked 15, 16 hours that day. Right. And we're on, on, on the way back to his house and it's like four in the morning, right? It's four in the morning. We're tired. We're working all day trying to get his stage going because we had a, we had a, we had time crunch. We had to be done in like two days to finish it all. And so we end up going to his house and he says, okay, he brings us to his house. We go inside and he says, okay, you're going to sleep there. And, uh, so me and Renee walk in and, and I go to ask him something and he's gone. And I'm like, where, where did he go? And he's gone. And he went, he went to bed and we're, we're, we're supposed to sleep in his office, but we get in there and it's a mess. We have where we're, apparently where we're supposed to sleep is full of his books, a guitar is on the bed, his chairs everywhere. It's just a mess. And we're tired and we're dirty. So I want to take a shower. And so I'm like in his house trying to find a towel. I'm trying to find things because he didn't prepare anything for us. So I'm trying to find it. I have my flashlight from my phone because it's dark. I don't want to wake up his kids. And I'm looking through different cupboards and I finally find it. And it wasn't until about an hour that we were able to get some sleep. We got there at four in the morning. We didn't get to bed at five in the morning. We got there expecting that something was going to be ready for us. We thought we were going to have a bed ready just for us to sleep. You see, some of us do that to God. God, I want you to change my life. I want you to, I want you to speak to me. But when he's ready to speak to him, you're not ready. When he's ready to change your, not, your life, you're not ready to give up certain things in your life. When he's calling you to prayer, God, I, I don't want to wake up today. I'm too tired, God. I know I asked that I wanted to pray more. I, I know I asked that I wanted to hear from you, but God, I'm not ready. And we fail to honor his presence because we're not intentional. We fail to honor his presence because we don't make room for him. You see, I, I love our church. I, I love that our pastor makes room for the Holy Spirit. I love that our pastor makes room to honor the presence of God. You see, in, in, in the presence of God, you find joy. You find freedom. You find rest. In Exodus chapter 33 and 14, it says, The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. See, I believe some of us are trying to find rest in different things. We're wondering why we're always anxious. We're wondering why we're always depressed, always angry, always on the go, constantly thinking about different things. Let me ask you, have you gotten the presence of God? Have you honored the presence of God? Have you been intentional at home getting into the presence of God? We fail to have rest because we fail to honor his presence. I don't know about you, but I want to honor the presence of God. See, let me tell you, when you honor Christ, when you honor his presence, you know what happens? He honors you. 
In Luke chapter 14, verse 10 and 11, it says this. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles, humbles himself will be exalted. You see, when you honor the presence of God, he begins to elevate you to new places. He begins to welcome you at the table. You see, when Stephen got stoned, it says that he saw Jesus at the right hand of God standing up. Almost as if Jesus was standing up honoring Stephen. Because Stephen was honoring him with his life. You see, when you honor Christ, he honors you. You see, I believe tonight that God is stirring up a revival in our church. God is doing something in our church. God is doing something in our lives. But let me tell you, it's up to us to steward it right. It's up to us to not become numb to the things of God. To, it's up to us to constantly be living a life of repentance. And it's up to us to honor his presence every day. You see, I want to be able to steward well what God gives me. Can I have Daisy come back up? I really believe that God is doing something. As I got Instagram like I shared in the beginning... And I started to see all the things that are happening in Afghanistan. People are being murdered for just believing in Christ. But let me tell you, revival starts with persecution. I believe that persecution is coming to our church. Now, I'm not here to scare you guys or to, you know, get you guys. I'm here to get you guys ready. I'm here to encourage you. That when we start to see persecution here, to know that revival is coming. You see, I believe that God is already on the move. I believe that God is doing something, not only in our church, but just the church in the world. You see, I want to be able to steward well what God gives me. Revival starts with persecution. And like I said, I believe this is only the beginning of something that God is going to do before he comes back. We need to always be intentional by what we do. Let me tell you, if we're not stewarding right what God gives us, it's going to move past us without us knowing. You see, if we're so focused on our lives, if we're so focused on the things that are going on around us, when revival hits us, we're not even going to know that it's here. Revival comes in waves. And if you're not in the wave, you're going to miss it when it comes. If you're not all in, all in for Christ, you're going to miss it when he comes. And believe me, everyone in this room wants to be ready when it comes. Everyone in this room needs to be ready when God is ready to come. When God is ready to bring the revival but it takes us to steward it right. It takes us to know that it's up to us to steward what God brings. I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. And before we go anywhere, I want to 
I want to give the, the opportunity for someone who maybe doesn't know the Lord. I want to give you the opportunity to know Jesus, to accept him into your life. See, this may not be the, 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 a gospel message, but let me tell you, Jesus died on the cross for you. He died on the cross. It says, while we were still sinners, while you were doing what you're doing, Christ still died for you. Knowing that you may not live for him up to this moment, knowing that you were going to be sinning, going to be doing all that you were going to do, it says that he still died for you. You see, Jesus loves you so much that he was willing to give it all for you. You see, the people that are being persecuted are giving up their lives because they know that Christ gave it up for them. So I'm here to let you know, if, if you want to know Christ, if you want to accept him into your life and you're saying, Jacob, I, I want to receive him into my heart, I want to make him Lord over my life. And I'm not going to stand very long over this, but if that's you and you're saying, I want to know Jesus, I want to accept him into my life, I want you to do something for me. I want you to raise your hand. If there's anyone in this room that wants to accept Jesus in their life and you're saying, I want to know Jesus, I want him to be Lord of my life, I want to be ready when revival comes, I want you to raise your hand. If there's anyone, I'm not going to stand too long in this moment. I believe God wants to do something. I'm going to ask one more time, if there's anyone in this room that wants to receive Jesus into their life, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. I believe God is in this place. You see, I want to open up these altars. But I want to encourage you. Maybe you're telling yourself, man... Maybe I've become a little numb to the things of God. Maybe I haven't really repented like I should have. Maybe I'm continually doing the same things over and I want to get it right. Or maybe we haven't honored the presence of God like we should have. If that's you, I want to pray with you. If that's you, I want to open up these altars and I want to be able to, to pray with you if, if I can have the opportunity to do that. So I'm going to open up these altars and we're just going to pray. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come in this place. We're going to sing a song, sing a worship song, and just invite the Holy Spirit to be in this place. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.